love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, we thank you for not leaving us comfortless. We thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit, who is our guide, who is our advocate, who is our standby, who is our strengthener. We thank you for your word, which is light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. We thank you that we can call you Father. And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. For indeed, the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. We thank God for this opportunity. And we are beginning a new series. I think finally, <laughs> we are going to have um, a quite lengthy series, relatively five or six parts. And we are doing a book study or a study on the book in the Bible. We have done a character study where we looked at Joseph, the foster father of Jesus. And tonight we are starting a study on the book of Esther. The book of Esther. People have had their opinion that it should have rather been called Mordecai's book because he was literally behind the scenes, <laughs> pulling all the strings and manipulating things. But mostly, it's not the mentor who gets the fans, it's the mentee, the one that's on the stage. It's hardly the coaches that get the fans, it's mostly the players. But the coaches take the fall for the players. So we would invite Baba and as he starts the perusal on the book of Esther. Yes, Baba. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I thank God for the grace to start the perusal of the book of Esther. And like always, we pray that Christ be exalted in this discussion. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'll take from the chapter one of the book of Esther. And we've learned from our Bible, the series we did on the Bible that we titled Rightly Dividing. So we are going to go according to that and divide the book of Esther rightly as God gives us the grace to do so. So Esther chapter one, Esther comes after Nehemiah and it's the last book of the historical books in the Bible. We know that the Bible is divided into parts. We have the law, the poetic books, prophetic books, the gospels. So Esther is the last book of the historical books. And it begins with an introduction, depending on the version of the Bible you are using. That's, that's the title, The King's Banquet. So I read Esther chapter 1, verse 1. I'm reading from King James Version. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus, this was the Ahasuerus who reigned over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. So, like I said, the book starts with an introduction of the, the king's banquet. And we can clearly take from here that the king in question is King Ahasuerus. He reigned 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. And that shows the jurisdiction of this king. It stands to reason that he is a great and a mighty king. Looking at the provinces that are under him, verse 2. In those days, when King Ahasuerus 
sat on the throne. And this king, Ahasuerus, succeeded his father. His father was called Darius. He was also the king in this jurisdiction. There's two. In those days, when King Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the citadel, that in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all his officials and servants, the powers of Persia and Media, the nobles and the princesses of the provinces being before him, where he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his excellent majesty for many days, 180 days in all. So we can take from the verse 2 to the verse 4 that this king was reigning from his royal palace that's the citadel of shusha so let's say when we bring it to ghana our president ruling from the flagstaff house so that was similar to king ahazeros he was reigning in his citadel of shusha and we can see from this these verses that he threw a banquet lasting 180 days for his princes and officials all over the province and Bible history has it that this was something that Ahasuerus did to display his majesty, his wealth, but in a prideful manner. That is what history has it that this party was thrown for all kinds of food to come and eat, but then he was doing it to show off. He was showing off. So the party lasted for six months. They were feasting and making merry for these six months. Verse 5. And when these days were completed, the king made a feast, lasting seven days for all the people who were present in Shushan, the citadel, from great to small, in the court of the garden of the king's palace. Verse 5 states that after the 180 days had elapsed, that consisted of all the provinces. Now the king narrowed the party down to where he was, the smaller circle, that is those who were in that citadel, who were in that area. So from the greater people to the least people in that area, he threw a party lasting seven days for them, aside the 180 days that had already happened. And we can tell from this that even though he was showing off, he was a generous king. We can say that King Ahasuerus had some sort of generosity in him. After spreading all the people in the provinces, he came to where he resides and then he came to spread them also. Verse 6, there were white and blue linen curtains fastened with cords of fine linen and purple and silver rods and of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of alabaster, turquoise and white and black marble. And they served drinks in golden vessels, each vessel being different from the other, with royal wine in abundance, according to the generosity of the king. Like we've spoken about, he was generous. And these colors were signifying the royalty, the majesty, the kingship, his wealth in the kingdom. Verse 8, in accordance with the law, the drinking was not compulsory, for so the king had ordered all the officers of his household that they should do according to each man's pleasure. Verse 9, when Vashti also made a feast for the woman in the royal palace, which belonged to King Ahasuerus. Now, history also has it that in the province where King Ahasuerus was king, the queen's position was not just a ceremonial position per se, but then it was also an administrative or a political position. So Queen Vasi also in her powers and her domain organized parties for her women. Verse 10, on the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mehuman, 
Bista, Habona, Bita, Abgata, Zesta, and Kaka, seven Enochs who served in the presence of King Ahasuerus to bring Queen Vasti before the king, wearing her royal crown in order to show her beauty to the people and the officials, for she was beautiful to behold. Now, verse 11 is where the story will actually start from. So, history also has said that on the seventh day, the king was drunk with wine, and he and his nobles and the great men were arguing as to which country had the most beautiful women. So to cut them off and to sway the conversation and win the argument, he said that his province had the most beautiful woman and he was going to make his wife come and show off her beauty in an immodest way. That is what Bible history has it. So this was just to bring an end to an argument that the king and his great men were having. Verse 12. But when Vashti refused to come at the queen's command brought by his Enochs, therefore the king was furious and his anger burned within him. Yes, Queen Vashti has been asked by the Enochs that the king wants her to come and show off her beauty, and she blatantly disobeys the king in front of the Enochs. We can say that she had a good reason to do so, but then this brings us to what the Bible says about wives, as a wife, you have to submit. Ephesians chapter 5, you have to submit unto your husband who is your head. So what Queen Vashti did, she had a point because she can't come and show her beauty in an immodest manner as a queen. But then she could have done so in a way that won't be disrespectful to others because the preceding verses gives us a reason for what Queen Vashti's disobedience would cause. Verse 13, Then the king said to the wise men who understood the times, for this was the king's manner towards all who knew law and justice. Those closest to him, being Kashena, Shita, Admata, Tashis, Meris, Masena, and Memukan, the seven princesses of Persia and Media, who had access to the king's presence and who ranked highest in the kingdom. What shall we do to Queen Vashti according to the law? Because she did not obey the command of King Ahasuerus brought to her by the Enochs. The king consulted people who knew the law. This stands to reason that from time immemorial up to now, there are men who, who know the law, who know the scripture, who can understand the times and give judgment to people's attitude based on the law. So in this situation, the king consulted them, and this is the judgment that they gave. And Memukan answered, verse 16, before the king and the princess, Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king, but also all the princesses and all the people who are in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus. For the queen's behavior will become known to all women, so they will despise their husbands in their eyes. When they report, King Ahasuerus, commandment, King Ahasuerus commanded Queen Vashti to be brought in before him, but she did not come. This is what Memukan suggested to the king, and it is true. This stands to reason that our actions, our attitudes, our decisions directly and indirectly affect those around us. What Queen Vashti did was going to give grounds to other women 
to also disrespect their husbands in like manner because even if the queen herself is disrespecting the king how much more someone who is not a queen i i remember when i was a child i live in takrade and during christmas we all have this carnival that people dress in fancy attire wear masks and all that and it's just nowadays that it has become all fun when we were children they used to scare us with their masks so it was one christmas and my cousin had also joined us in the house she wasn't in the neighborhood she was from accra but she wasn't even scared of them to an extent so my mother sent me to go and buy something and then i told her that i won't go because i was scared of the masqueraders and all that and before she could turn to my cousin to send her the girl had also started crying that she won't go my action directly affected her she could have gone because she wasn't even scared of their mask but because i denied to go she also did the same thing the rest of what happened that day dear is history but this stands to reason that as christians what we do portrays paint a picture to those who are not in christ and our attitude can affect them directly so if as a christian you are doing what is ungodly in the eyes of the public domain you do things that does not bring glory to god publicly then you don't expect someone who is not a christian to do what is best so this this is supposed to guide us and this even brings a caution to wives that as a wife you should know your position you should always submit you shouldn't disrespect your husband in public verse 18 this very day the noble ladies of persia and media will say to all the king's officials that they have heard of the behavior of the queen that there will be excessive contempt and wrath if it pleases the king let a royal decree go out from him and let it be recorded in the laws of the persians and the medes so that it will not be altered that vashti shall not come no more before the king ahasuerus and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she when the king's decree which he will make is proclaimed throughout all his empire for it is great all wives will honor their husbands both great and small this is the consequence of queen vashti's attitude because of what she did a decree had to be made so that the wives in them province will not disrespect their husbands in like manner verse 21 and the reply pleased the king and the princess and the king did according to the word of memukan then he sent letters to all the king's provinces to each province in its own script and to every people in their own language that each man should be the master in his own house and speak in the language of his own people this is the end of chapter 1 and these are some of the highlights or the lessons that we can take from it we can see the generosity of king ahasuerus we can see the disrespect of queen vashti and what i would want us to take from this first chapter is that no matter the situation even if it's an uncomfortable situation that you find yourself in you shouldn't do something that your attitude will affect that of others for instance you are in an office and you have quite a similar higher 
position, but you don't respect the main boss. How can your subordinates do same? Don't do things that will drag the name of the Lord in the mud. Don't do things that you shouldn't do as a Christian. That would destroy your reputation and even affect those who want to come to Christ. And also, so one may ask, if as a wife, you are faced with such a situation as this, but what are you supposed to do? One, you don't want to taint your image. You can do otherwise, aside what your husband is commanding you, but not in a disrespectful manner. So Vashti could have done otherwise, and by not showing off her beauty, but not necessarily disrespecting her husband publicly. So this brings us to the end of chapter one. We'll move on to chapter two. Esther chapter two. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus subsided, he remembered Vashti that what she had done and what had been decreed against her. Then the king's servants who attended him said, let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may gather all the beautiful young women, young virgins to Shushan, the citadel, into the women's quarters under the custody of Haggai, the king's Enoch, custodian of the women, and let beauty preparations be given to them. Then let the woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. This thing pleased the king, and he did so. Chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Now, this stands to say that after the king had recovered from his broken heart, what Vashti did to him and all that, he made an order that they should conduct a search and bring all the virgins into the citadel, and they should be given beauty preparations to them. Verse 5. In Shushan, the citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, the son of Kish, the son of Shimel, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives who had been captured with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. Verse 7. And Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is Esther. So verse 2 brings us to an introduction of Esther. And we can see from here that her actual name is Hadassah. That is Esther, his uncle's daughter. So ideally, Esther is a cousin to Mordecai. But history has it that Mordecai was older than Esther a lot in terms of age. So his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and her mother died, Mordecai took her as her own daughter. Looking at the difference in terms of their age, Mordecai was able to adopt Esther as a daughter. This also gives us a hint that as Christians, we should be able to welcome or adopt people who need parental guidance, who need help. If you're in a family and maybe your relative has passed, you can take the role of fatherhood or parenthood over the children and take good care of them. You don't leave children to chance. So Mordecai did good. She adopted Esther as her own. Verse 8. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Shushan, the citadel, under the custody of Haggai, that Esther was also taken to the king's palace, into the care of Haggai, the custodian of 
women. Now, verse 9, now the young woman pleased him and she obtained his favor. So he readily gave beauty preparations to her beside her allowance. Bible makes us understand that before Esther would even get to the king, he had already gained favor from Haggai, the person who was in charge of the women. Esther was a carrier of God's favor. And we know that Esther, we will get to know in the sub. Let me not go ahead. So verse now, now the young woman pleased him and she obtained his favor. So he readily gave beauty preparations to her beside her allowance. Then seven choice maid servants were provided for her from the king's palace. And he moved her and her maid servants to the best place in the house of the woman. Esther was a carrier of God's favor. Verse 10, Esther had not revealed her people or family for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. So Esther went into the palace because of Mordecai. And when she got there, her uncle advised her not to reveal her identity. First of all, she was obedient. She didn't reveal her identity. She kept it as a secret. She didn't do so. She obeyed the advice of her uncle. And this, this, makes, this brings us to think that sometimes we need to conceal our identity just for the sake of some things to happen. Yes, we are never going to deny Christ as Christians, but sometimes when we go to places where it is not favorable for Christians and we want to take over, we want to bring Christ first then, we don't just go just like that. We act in wisdom and conceal our identity for some time just to, for lack of a better word, test the waters and know our stance so that we can bring the light of Christ wherever we go. Verse 11, And every day Mordecai paced in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. From the introduction, we can say that Sesam was saying that this book should have been named after Mordecai because he was doing most of the work behind the scenes. And this is someone that we can say that he is full of love for Esther. He used to pace in front of the court, just checking up to see if her daughter was good because indirectly Esther was not safe over there. If by any chance she is caught as a Jew, she's in trouble. So Mordecai was checking on her safety. Verse 12. Each young woman's turn came to go into King Ahasuerus after she had completed 12 months preparation. According to the regulations for the woman, for thus were the days of their preparations apportioned six months with oil of men and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. So in total, they had to undergo beauty preparations for one year, six months with oil of men and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. And we, we can tell from history that this province was rich in oil and expensive perfumes and before you could appear before the king to be selected as a wife you have to undergo this treatment so esther had to go through now let's bring this to our own situation you don't need any consecration before you appear before the king of kings you just need to turn away from your sins confess him as your lord and then you'll be received into his sonship 
unlike the other days that even before you appear before a mere king for a whole year you have to be undergoing beauty treatment right now you just have to turn your heart unto the lord as simple as it may seem yes verse 13 that's prepared each young woman went to the king and she was given whatever she desired to take verse 13 that's prepared each young woman went into the king and she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the woman's quarters to the king's palace verse 14 in the evening she went and in the morning she returned to the second house of the women to the custody of shashas the king's enoch who kept the concubines she would not go into the king again unless the king delighted in her and called for her by name so before you go in to see after you've done the 12 month beauty preparation before you go in to see the king you must have completed the 12 month preparation and when you go in and the king is not pleased with you you return the following morning until the king delights in you and then you go back and before you can go in you can request for whatever you want it will be at your disposal whatever you want to look like whatever you want to be dressed in before you see the king you can request for it and it will be given to you verse 15 now when the turn came for esther the daughter of abihel the uncle of mordecai who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king. She requested nothing but what Haggai, the king's Enoch, the custodian of the woman, advised, and Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Wow. Before Esther went in. Now, Bible history also has this once again that before it reached Esther's turn, four years had already elapsed and it was her turn to go in. And when it was her turn to go in, she didn't request for anything other than what Haggai had prescribed. He, she didn't request for any extra. Haggai was the one in charge of the king's women and he knew what would appease the king. He knew what the king liked. So Esther did not do anything in her own humble wisdom. She requested for only what Haggai had prescribed. Verse, verse 16. So Esther was taking, and this is where Esther had her favor. When she took Haggai's prescription the exact way, she obtained favor with everyone that saw her. Verse 16. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus into the royal palace in the 10th month, which is the month of Tebet, in the seventh year of his reign. We know that they came through the banquet in the third year of his reign. And right now we are seeing from here that this was in the seventh year so four years had already elapsed like i said in the seventh year of his reign verse 17 the king loved esther more than all the other women and she obtained grace and favor in her sight more than all the virgins so he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of vashti wow then the king made a great feast the feast of esther for all his officials and servants and he proclaimed a holiday in the provinces and gave gifts according to the generosity of a king so esther has been crowned queen when king hazara saw her esther obtained favor in his sight and he was pleased with her and she was crowned a queen and in, because of that, a holiday was declared and the king, out of his generosity, gave gifts unto the people because he has found 
his queen. Verse 19. When the virgins were gathered together a second time, Mordecai sat within the king's gate. Now, Esther had not revealed her family and her people just as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai as when she was brought up by him. In those days, while Mordecai sat within the king's gate, two of the king's enochs, Bechtan and Teresh, doorkeepers, became furious and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. Verse 22. So the matter became known to Mordecai who told Queen Esther and Esther informed the king in Mordecai's name. So from the verse 21, we, we know that Mordecai used to sit within the king's gates and two of the gatekeepers were scheming against the king. These were people that were in charge of protecting the king and they were scheming against the king. Mordecai was there and he heard it and he released the information to Esther. And when Mordecai released the information to Esther, Esther informed the king. Now, Esther has become queen in a large province like that, but she still had regard for Mordecai. No matter the position that you rise up to, no matter who you become in life, you don't despise those who saw to your upliftment. You don't disregard people who held your hand upward. Esther had become queen, but she still obeyed the command of Mordecai. Verse 23, and when an empire was made into the matter it was confirmed and both were hung on a gallows and it was written in the book of the chronicles in the presence of the king thus and when an inquiry was made into the matter it was confirmed and both were hung on gallows and it was written in the book of the chronicles in the presence of the king esther had already made her name into the book of the the chronicles of the king by making sure that those who were plotting against the king could not succeed as a result of what Mordecai had told her. This brings us to the end of the second chapter of the book of Esther. So we dealt with the first and then the second chapter of the book of Esther. And we can infer from the second chapter also that Mordecai is a very kind and a benevolent man full of love. And Esther had obtained favor in the presence of Hagar and in the presence of the king and she had been crowned queen and we have learned also that we have to turn to the lord no matter the situation that we may be in we have to turn to the lord he is there always for us amen amen and amen god bless you so much baba for the historic expose <laughs> you have given to us and i would just like to conclude with two things but feel free to also join us in a study of the book of esther and you can also share your thoughts with us what you find in this interesting book. But then, well, from the chapter one, one main thing that stood out for me was the attitude of Queen Vashti. On a certain level, it may look as if what she did, there's nothing wrong with it. After all, you're not supposed to come and flaunt your husband. But then one thing that you realize is that while the king was organizing a banquet, she had gathered together the women in the province and they were having their own women conference. And that's one thing that is crippling into our hearts what one of my spiritual instructors like to call evil independence many of us we have a high mind or a high opinion about ourselves that we feel so belittled if we join the flow or if we join the group maybe you are in church you are in a youth fellowship or you are an organization you always want to seclude yourself from what everybody is doing you feel so big to join the flow so maybe the leader tells us gives an instruction that we are all doing something 
you always want to form your own sect and do your own thing and that's what we call evil independence because we think you have outgrown the system you have outgrown what is going on having forgotten that you are only the queen because the king made you the queen and he didn't make you the queen for you to establish your own group so if if we're in a meeting you say no meeting within meetings <laughs> the king is having a meeting for every member of the province and you have also gathered together the will and you're having your own meeting when you should be supporting the person who puts you there so queen vastly forgot the person who put her there and instead of supporting and joining in the flow she felt that she had outgrown what god or what the king was doing so the question to us is that do you feel that you have outgrown do you feel that you have outgrown what god is doing do you have the heart of vastly and remember we said that when god is speaking to you god is speaking to you so don't look at maybe that papa in your church or that mama in your church who always wants to seclude himself. But God is drawing your mind to what, as I said, we like to call evil independence. Do not think you are too big for something. Do not think you have outgrown where God has placed you. And never forget the person who has placed you where you are. And the last thing, which is in chapter 2, was that, that really struck out to me, was that your ability or your talent is never enough many of us feel like because we are intelligent we can get to the top because we are beautiful we can achieve this because maybe you are you are a good leader you can do this it is never enough esther was beautiful but she realized that she may have even naturally been the most beautiful among all the hundreds of women that were called have one night with the king but esther realized that her beauty will not be enough to get her the throne she needed the help of the Enoch, the Enoch in charge of the ladies. And that's how come she willingly submitted and only did what that Enoch did. Many of us feel like because we're intelligent, we can decide to be rude and disrespectful. Many of us feel like because we have a privileged background, we don't need any other thing. All that we need is our father's resource, or our mother's resource, or our father's position in society. It is never always enough. There are people who feel like because they are beautiful, they can always get away with things. There are certain seasons of life where you'll be having a cool ride. All doors will be opening to you because of your beauty. But you will always meet a situation where you would realize that what you have is not always enough. And this what should lead you into humility. And this is why the Queen Esther I'm sure she must have learned it from nobody else than Mordecai. She learned to flow with Mordecai. So when she was elected to be trained or to undergo the beautification, she didn't hesitate to submit herself to the inner in charge of women affairs. And she knew that her beauty was not enough. She needed to make an impression. And as Baba said, it was four years after that the roll call had been made that she had the opportunity to meet the king. So imagine people have been seeing the king for the last four years. What impression can you make? But she was wise enough to know that there is one man who knows the king's taste and she submitted to him. I know I've spoken on this podcast about the need for advice, the need for you to realize that you are not enough on your own. And I don't mean that, um, I don't mean it in an evil way because, you know, some of us can take things in a different light. But what I mean is that you would always need a helping hand. Somebody says that we are all a product of help. We are all a product of help. Have that at the back of your mind. Learn to flow with God. 
learn to flow with the people that God had put in your life. And I just remember the statement as Baba was reading. She said that Esther was a lovely girl and beautiful to behold. Lovely. Somebody who is from a situation where she doesn't know her father nor her mother. And you see, most people in such situations are full of bitterness, are full of anger at life, at God, at everybody. They feel like they have been robbed of life. They feel that they have been born into a disadvantage. But Esther, regardless of the situation she found herself, she always had a joyful and a lovely persona about her. She was someone who, when you see, if you are not told that she was from such a background, you won't have believed do excuses because of what you have suffered in the past. We are all a product of certain battles we are born into. And I've said it on the podcast before. We are all a product of a certain fight. How long will you keep using your fight as an excuse? How long will you keep using the battles you are born into as an excuse? But Esther had a lovely and a beautiful countenance. That is why immediately, the Enoch saw her, the Bible said, and she gained fever in the sight of the Enoch. Learn to smile. It brings you fever. People just like that. Like the people just get worried in quotes that ah, why is she smiling? And people just begin to like you just because of your smile. But unfortunately, now because of the nose marks, if you are smiling, <laughs> people hardly see your smile. But in addition to what Baba has taught us, these are the three things I want us to have at the back of our mind. Be careful of evil independence. Learn to realize that your ability, your intelligence, your beauty, your skills, whatever you have, is not always enough. We are all products of people. Of We are all products of help. And lastly, do not keep wallowing in the battles we are born into. Learn to always be joyful. Learn to always be full of smiles. Learn to have a lovely countenance. Because as long as this is the day that was made by the Lord, you have every reason to rejoice and be glad in it. We want to just spend some time in prayer. And even as Baba and I were speaking, whatever God has laid upon your heart, you want to just ask God. If you have noticed a certain evil independence creeping up in your heart, a certain level of pride, a certain level of arrogance, or you have noticed that you are not really good with someone with advice, you always feel like you know enough and you always get offended when people try to advise you. It's not as though we are supposed to take every advice that comes your way, but you are supposed to consider it, especially when it's coming from a godly person. Imagine Moses had said to his father-in-law, the priest from Midian, that where were you when I was dividing the Red Sea? Where were you when I was shaking Pharaoh out of his socks? When I slew all his firstborn sons and now you are come to give me advice. But Moses recognized that it was this priest that took him 40 years ago and trained him. Learn to recognize the Mordecais in your life. Learn to recognize the Enochs in your life and learn to flow with them. Finally, we want to pray for favor. Throughout the story of Esther, one thing that stands out is that she was a woman highly favored. People saw her and they just fell in love with her. There are certain doors only favor can open. Only when somebody just takes interest in you, that can open be enough always. Your beauty will not just be enough. Your brilliance on, 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 on keyboard or your particular skills 
will not always be enough. There are certain giants that don't go down except by the arsenal of favor. Father, we pray for favor. The Bible said that even God in flesh, he grew not only in wisdom and in stature, but he also grew in favor before you and man. Father, we pray for the grace to grow in favor. We pray for favor before all the important people in our lives. We pray for favor before all the doorkeepers in our destiny, that when they see us, may they like us, may they admire us, may they fall in love with us. Father, we pray for the grace to flow with these people. We pray for the grace to be humble and submit to their dealings and to submit to their trainings because we know that we are not just competing amongst ourselves, but we have thousands of people that are knocking on the same door and on such doors, it's only favor that will speak for us. Father, we decree in the name of our Lord Jesus that favor continues to pursue us all the days of our life. We are liked by people. We are admired by people. People like us because we have a lovely countenance. Father, we thank you for your grace. Father, we continually pray for your mercy that every handwriting of ordinance which is against us and contrary to us, Father, we know that you have nailed it to the cross. Every battle that we are born into, that for one reason or the other, we seem to always feel comfortable in wallowing in that ordinance, wallowing in that battle. Father, we pray that you will lift us up from that dark hill. Let us arise, for indeed the light has come and the glory of God has risen upon us. No more wallowing in our battles. Even if we are born from the broken womb, no more wallowing. Even if we are born from an orphan, no more wallowing. Stop being angry at life. Stop being angry at God. Stop being angry at everybody and recognize that God prepared for your coming. God planned out for your coming. He was not taken by surprise and He has skillfully made everything around for you and for this reason we can never be disadvantaged in life father we thank you for your word that refreshes that strengthens and that gives light or that shows light into our lives we thank you in the name of our lord jesus amen thank you for being around with us and god will next week we will continue with i think the next three chapters feel free to join us in the study and share your thoughts with us. And remember to give God your best and make sure that the only thing you owe any man in the year 2021 and beyond is love. See you next week, God, as we continue our study. And bye-bye.